I got to give you a disclaimer about my little bounce house thing. That is pure funding, right? I mean, we just, like, it's not my passion, right? I'm just not, like, get up in the morning and go, man, bounce house is for Jesus. I just, <laughs> right? So it's good for passive income. I know a lot of churches and a lot of pastors, and so 95% of the stuff we do is uh, <laughs> kind of almost intimidated there. Uh, it's just, it's just, it just helps us fund things. And one thing that we, it's, it's kind of new, it's kind of been accidental, and I'll do that since Mike already um, said a couple of things we do is, uh, and, and I would love your prayers on this, we do a thing called Pastoral Replenish. And we started a couple years ago, I just read the stats, and they're, they're alarming. Uh, thousands of pastors a month walk away from ministry. Just walk away, just peace out, I'm done. And I said, I can't do this. this is, I hang out with pastors every day of my life. And this is my peers, this is my people. You know, just think if you found out a demographic that, that you are and you said, man, you know, all hot, attractive ladies under 30, you know, have, a, have an issue or whatever. Um, and uh, <laughs> so you'd go, ah, I got to do something about it. And so we started taking pastors away and, and doing retreats with them for the purpose of longevity ministry, healthier families, healthier um, ministries. And um, so this year, this is what gets my feet on the ground in the morning. We, um, in the past, we've taken one or two trips. We take 10 to 12 pastors each time. We, we take them to L.A. We do a replenished weekend with them. And then we put them in these cohorts afterwards. And so it's like peer learning, connectivity. We keep each other sharp and strong. We have saved marriages. We have saved ministries. We've saved churches. And you guys know, when you save a pastor, you're really talking about, you know, thousands of people. And so this year, we'll have the opportunity, Lord willing, uh, that's why I need your prayers, um, to take 50 pastors on trips and then get them in cohorts. And, uh, man, even if, you know, we can get, you know, anyways, I'll, I'll spare you the, uh, all the long and drawn out stuff. But it's amazing the stuff that God is doing in, uh, in those things, amongst all the other things. So, yeah, I don't, I don't sleep much. Sleep's overrated. So, um, and I say that this weekend, too, because I just got back late last night from at a camp out with my son. I have an eight-year-old son. We went to a YMCA camp. This weekend, so the bags under my eyes are real. The sunburn on my forehead is real. And uh, if I fall asleep on my feet, it is real. Just, just throw something at me. I'm used to that. Um, but I do need your prayers on this, too, because he's eight years old. We thought it would be a good idea if we developed a character track to this camp, right? And so we spray-painted a bunch of rocks, and uh, we spray-painted them gold, and we hit them around in the thing, so we went hiking, right? And so we said what we'll do is we'll give the, the chance for these guys to find gold, and we'll have a miner come up at night at the campfire and do this whole deal. And the miner gives a plea to the um, people with the gold nuggets to say, hey, if you want to give them, we're going to take them away. We, we take them over to the store over here, and we help families that are needy, and they need food, and they need blankets, and clothing. And this is your chance to help out these needy people. So it sounds cool, right? So so we did it. And so um, each of the campers, you know, had two little gold nuggets. And these guys were, you know, like, mine's better. I got dirt in mine. Mine's fool's gold. And, you know, all this stuff. So the miner came up last night and gave his impassioned plea to help. And he says, man, if you guys could just, you know, give one piece of gold and then keep one. And that will remind you that you helped a family, a, a needy family. And so, you know, it's kind of a win-win thing. And my son didn't want to give it. He just, <laughs> he just didn't want to give it away. He, he actually found his first one. And then he told one of his buddies, he said, hey, man, if you, uh, if I find another one for you, I'm going to give you my second gold. And so he did. He found his second one. He gave it to his buddy. He's like, yeah, I already gave one away. I'm like, buddy, you don't, don't worry about it. So he ended up giving one away. And uh, so I was proud of him. And so this, this morning, I, I was got up. I was reviewing my notes. So he comes down after a long weekend. He came down about 7 o'clock. And he goes, Dad, where's my gold? And I'm like, whoa, so this is burning, uh, burning on his heart. So here's where I need your prayers. Like, I haven't told him it's not real gold yet. And uh, 
We've had great talks about you gave, man, you gave half of your fortune to needy people. And he's like, but dad, you know, right down here by my school, there's a gold and silver exchange. I'm thinking maybe we could take it in. I, I just don't know which way this is going to go. I mean, like, I could, I could just, like, take an eight-year-old heart, beating heart, go, ah, step on it, throw it I don't know what I'm going to do. I hope, I hope we'll, I'll be better people. And um, uh, so, anyway, okay, so we came to, you know, not just therapy for me, but we actually came to have church, so let's do that. If you have your, uh, your devices, you could turn to uh, 1 Peter 2.11. And I'm going to read you a couple scriptures, a couple passages. I want to challenge you guys, man. I think Christians right now have an opportunity, a unique and really strategic opportunity to be in our world something that it so needs. And we're going to talk about that, and we're going to end with my challenge to you to be peacemakers. I don't know about you guys, but man, we need peace more than ever. <laughs> it seems like there ain't no such thing as peace, unless we like to see pictures of people in the 70s doing this, right? It, it, we have lots of unrest. We have a lot of angry people. And I don't know if it's for political expediency or just, dear Jesus, please come back. <laughs> but we need peacemakers. We need peacekeepers. We need peace lovers. And we, as Christians, as believers, have an opportunity to step up and take the higher road and be people of peace. All right? So I'm going to challenge you that. And I'm going to challenge you again at the end if we do that. But I want to set this up. And I'm going to read a couple of the Beatitudes. So we'll go to Matthew 5 in just a second, but I'm going to read a passage out of 1 Peter, and then I'm going to read a passage out of Romans, and I will give you time to get there if you want to follow along, and then we're going to go straight to the Beatitudes, and we're going to talk about those, and we're going to talk about being peacemakers, keepers, lovers, and man. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Man, that includes driving. Anybody? Anybody convicted yet? Because I am. I'm like, <laughs> I do not drive like Jesus drived. Driven, drove, drives, drive, will drive, did drive. I don't know if Jesus drove. I do not drive like I perceive Jesus would have drive. I'm just saying, right? We'll, we'll have a little support group later, you and I. Keep your behavior, including driving, excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may be, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. If you, have your, uh, if you want to follow along in your Bible, Romans 8, 4 says this. Again, I'm setting the, the platform here about who we're supposed to be. We already found out we're aliens and strangers, right? You're freaks, okay? Once you accept Christ... You are freaks. You, are, you have a different citizenship, all right? So don't try and act like the world anymore. You got to drive different. You got to talk different. You got to be different. You got to raise your kids different. You got to go to your job different. You got to treat your boss different. You got to treat your employees different. I'm not hearing a lot of amens, but that's okay, all right? <laughs> I'm supposed to step on your toes, and I don't know if you're supposed to like it or not, but you're supposed to like be better people because of it, okay? So I don't like when people step on my toes. But I'm better for it. So, Romans 8, 4. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I wanted you to get out of that, that uh, you need to walk according to the Spirit. We don't walk against the, the flesh. And Brother Carl, what you read today ministered to my heart so much. You are cursed. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't get anything else out of it, get this. this. This is, Rod Jones is walking away with this very 
humbled and very <laughs> intimidated, if you will. The passage that Carl read was, if you, and, and I, I'll put as Christians, live by the flesh, you will be, did you guys notice the passage? You'll be what? Say cursed. That's not my words. That's God's words. If you live by the flesh, you will be cursed. I just feel like we could have an altar call right now. I mean, I know I could respond, dear God, forgive me, though. I don't want to be cursed. You know why? It's because we have the Spirit inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are called to a different standard. We are called to be different, live different. We have to walk by a different standard. The Holy Spirit of God lives in us. And, and we cannot live by the flesh or by the cursing anymore. We get to live by the Spirit. We get to wake up in the morning and put our, put our pajamas, you know, off, or put our robe on and kick our slippers on and go, God, what kind of adventure do we have today? Can you picture a movie? That, that's like straight out of a movie or something, right? Some like, you know, wild-eyed, you know, eternal optimist that just wakes up in the morning and goes, oh, I have the Spirit of God inside of me. What are we going to do today? Oh, let's go raise some dead people. Hey, yeah, we'll go down to the cemetery, all right? I wonder if I need a shovel. I might not even need a shovel. Let's go to the hospital and get people healed before they go to the graveyard. God, it's going to be such a great day. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I just think weird sometimes, all right? I just think <laughs> God is God, and God can do whatever he wants. Let's move on. Somebody said Christianity is like makeup. You wear a little bit of it, and it enhances your looks. But if you wear a lot of it, you look like a clown. I don't know if I'm buying that. But if that's the case, I'll, I'll be a clown. Put it on. Just slather it on me, man. I'll be like, you know, a 14-year-old girl for the first time she gets makeup. <laughs> just puts it right on. I don't care. Right? Because I want to be all that God wants me to be. I want to be everything I can. Jesus gave us a new way of thinking, and in the Beatitudes here that he was on top of a mountain speaking out to the rest of the people, he breaks it down. And I call this a code for a new generation. Here's the deal. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to give us a new code, a new way of thinking, because in the past, they didn't have a Holy Spirit to guide them. All right, and I'm not talking about a mystical Holy Spirit. You know, I, I know denominationally we say, well, there's some people that believe this part of the Holy Spirit, this part. You can believe whatever you want. I'm not here to convince you the particulars. I'm just telling you that when you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God around you, helping you, in you, helping you, and you get to be more. You get to do more. The Bible says that we're going to do greater things than Jesus. I don't know how we're going to do that in the flesh. You hear what I'm saying? So we better have some help. The, the code for a new generation, or if I was going to try and be cool, I would have called this a different rhyme for a different time. But I, I'm not that cool, so I won't say that. So having said that, we're going to look to Matthew 5. Finally, we get to our text, all right? I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to give us a couple of thoughts that kind of, I think Jesus had some assumptions when he was talking to the people on the Mount of Beatitudes, which it came to be known. And, uh, and we'll make a couple comments on the passage itself. Matthew 5, 1, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, so crowds are there, Jesus is there, he gets up, puts his microphone on, grabs his pulpit, right, grabs his iPad, and he's ready to, to preach to the crowds, and here's what he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they 
shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let me just press pause right here. Have you ever wanted to see God? I don't know if you wanted to see him in a dream or you actually, you know, maybe in the, the, the before Christ days, you just go, I just need to see God. I need to see, you know, I need to see something before I believe. Uh, it's valid, right? The pure in heart see God. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm like really pure in heart. I try to be. I don't have any sin in my life, right, you know, at this moment <laughs> when I drive home. We already talked about driving, right? Maybe I will then, but... But I, I've never seen God. Like, I've, I don't know, like, I mean, when, when Jesus was here, you know, we saw God in the flesh. Um, but I've never seen God. I've never, you know, looked at a mountaintop and saw, like, a shadowy figure with a white beard and, you know, uh, you know glowing robes. I, uh, I've never seen an incarnation of Jesus. I've never even seen an angel. So I don't know if that means I'm not really pure in heart. I mean, I'm sure it does. But I think I have seen the effects of God. You know, I've never seen the wind, but I've seen the effects of it on other things, right? When I see the trees blowing, right, and you see the dust move along, and, and you see uh, traffic slow down, and you see birds react, they're reacting to the wind. And I know that there's a thing called wind. I breathe it, right? <laughs> I can't live without it. And it's the same thing with God. I, I've not really seen God, but I see his effects in some of your lives. And I see his effect in my life when I draw closer to him. Good night. I see God moving in my own life. And I see him moving in churches. And I see him moving in other people. And I see him moving in. Who wants to get up early on a Sunday morning and come practice? I'm assuming you guys practice, right? Because you sound really, really good. I'm like, oh, it's natural, man. It's not normal to want to get up early on a Sunday morning and practice worship songs. And you want to be in a club the night before, right? Getting it for your own glory, right? Living according to the flesh. But I see God move in musicians, in people that do all kinds of stuff for the church. I see God in those. And so I think the more pure or innocent in heart, I know I'm kind of skipping because I'll come back to that, I think the better we are. So when we are pure, the more pure we are, the more we see God. I just want to see God a little bit more. And then lastly, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. They shall be called, named, called out the sons of God. Let me give you a couple of things that I think uh, are kind of uh, assumptions of what Jesus was talking about and the things that when we read the scriptures today, we need to know. Um, Jesus is the master of our lives. When we get saved, what do we do? We go, God, my life kind of stinks right now. I've messed it up. My heart is broken. My life is a mess. My family's a mess, right? My, my kids, you know, they're, they're going to follow in my footsteps. I need to do something. But I guess most of us, you know, probably received Christ before. How many of you guys received Christ before you were 18? Made that first commitment to Christ before you were 18? Okay, so see, a lot of people are, how many post, post 18? See, a few less, but, but a lot of us still, right? So wherever we came in our actual, you know, chronological journey, when we came to Christ, we were jacked up. And we said, I need to give my life to Jesus because I messed it up pretty good. And so, dear Jesus, here's what I understand. You take my broken, messed up life, and you're going to make it better. 
How's that, man? You could spend, you know, years getting your rope in knots, and you give it back to God, and he's going to untie it. And here's the thing. He gives it right back to you. Wow. So I give my life to God. He, ma he makes it good. He tells me how to make it better and gives it back to me. Yes, but the caveat is this. It ain't your life anymore. <laughs> now, we can have a tendency to take it back. Anybody with me? I have a tendency to take it back like hourly. But it's God's. And so he goes, just remember, I made it better. It's my life. You gave it to me. Nobody coerced you. You gave it of your own free will. Mm, didn't we? Because we didn't give it of our own free will. I don't know if we really gave it up. I gave my messed up life to God. He gave it back to me way better than before. He taught me how to live better before. It's called the Bible, right? And good fellowship of Christian people like yourself. So now at any time he wants to do something with it, all I got to say is, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, I want you to give some money to this guy. It's not my money. Here you go. Hey, I need you to give some time and get up early and come lead worship. Sure, it's not my time, right? I need you to give your life up and go overseas this summer. Not my life. <laughs> so it's easy, right? But if we live according to the flesh, no, it's mine. It's my money. How is God going to get 10% of my money? How is this guy on the corner going to get my money? He needs to get a job. How am I going to get up early and serve? I, I work 40 hours a week. Hear what I'm saying? So when we understand the kingdom aspect, we understand that we are all aliens and strangers. We're of a different kingdom, right? When we get saved, when we give our life to Christ, we say, I'm joining a different kingdom. I'm joining a different country. I'll, I'll still be an American citizen or a Mexican citizen or wherever we're from, right? But I have a higher citizenship in the kingdom of God. It has its own code, its own laws, its own ways, and they're higher than any law of the land. And that's why I call this the code for a new generation. When we get saved, man, we're a new generation. This isn't a message for young people. This is a message for young people in the faith, which we all are. We need to understand the rules and the, the talk points and the bullet points and what we need to do as different citizens, as aliens and strangers, and we need to live and embrace that life. Then we're better. We can't compare ourselves to the Joneses anymore. All right? We need to compare ourselves to what God has for us. And that's why the Beatitudes are so important, man. It's like, you're blessed if you do this. You need to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, this is another thing. Jesus is assuming, I think, when we get saved, that we want to walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Galatians 5, 16 says this. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So according to Brother Carl's word this morning, if we walk in the Spirit, which is what we're being told to do, we're encouraged, right, by walking in the Spirit and obeying the laws, the new code for a new generation, our new life in Christ, since we're aliens and strangers here on earth, when we walk according to the Spirit and, um, and uh, we walk in the Spirit, we won't get the curse. We won't have the fleshly curse on us. So we get to pick, and it's, it's kind of a binary system right here, right? Flesh, spirit, spirit, flesh. What is it going to be? How am I going to drive? We're driving the spirit, or we're driving the flesh, <laughs> right? How do we raise our kids? We raise them in the, in the Holy Spirit, or we raise them in the flesh? Let me tell you this, parents. My heart goes out to parents, man, because raising teenagers, I have a 16-year-old and an 8-year-old, and I would not, for uh, uh, all the money in the world, raise my kids without God in my life, without the wisdom that the Holy Spirit brings, I would not do it because they would not win. I would not win. I wouldn't be a, a dad. I wouldn't be a grandpa. I wouldn't be a, a YMCA scout 
troop leader or anything else, if I didn't have God in my life giving wisdom, helping me and those that count on me to live and walk in the spirit instead of the flesh, to live and walk into the newness of what God has and not in the curse. Man. Let me read this whole again of, of Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. So when you get your life back, you cannot go back into a sinful life. Please don't raise your hands. <laughs> when you got saved and you had that relapse and you said, well, I'm saved, I'm cleaned up, you know, all the knots are out of my rope, so to speak. So I'm going to go back and just do a little bit more clubbing or, or, or indulge in just a little bit more anger, whatever. And you know what? You're broke to sin at that point. Or you can still sin, don't get me wrong. But it's not near as fun. It's not near uh, what, what it used to be, right? You know why? Because you're changed. You are a different citizen. I was in Germany several years ago, and I got to ride on the Autobahn, man. And I took this car fast, dog. You know what? And it was thrilling, and it was like, wow. And guess what? 100% legal. So I had the adrenaline rush, and I'm like, I'm driving faster than I've ever driven before. Yeah, man, it's all legal. It's good. You know, and then some, like, you know, old lady passing me by. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but, I, but it felt it was, it was cool, right? So then I'm back in the States. I'm like, hey, man, I drove, you know, 100 and whatever on the Autobahn. I'm going to get it up here. It don't feel so good. <laughs> As I'm, like, doing this, I'm like, 70, 80, <laughs> looking all, where am I going to go? I, I will go to jail, right? They say if you drive 20 miles an hour at the speed limit, you're going to go to jail. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't go as fast as I did on the Autobahn. I was kind of wrecked to breaking the law. Let's, let's look at these, uh, the verses in Matthew 5 together. And he said, blessed, so there's a formula. Blessed are those that, for they shall get something, right? That's the formula. Blessed these people get something. Here's these people. I took verses 3 through 6, uh, I'm sorry, 3 through 9, and I took out all the first words. So blessed are those that are poor. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the gentle. Let me put all these words together and see how awesome we think this word group is. So blessed are the poor. Blessed are those that mourn. The gentle. They, those that hunger and thirst. The merciful. The pure. The peacemakers. Do those sound like a list of words that you go, yeah, man, power words. Words to live by. Uh. No, they really don't. They sound like poor, mourn, gentle. I don't be gentle. Right? That's like saying, be nice. You know, words lose their meaning. If I were to say, hey, man, be nice. You know, you shook my hand this morning. You broke it. Every time I shake your hand, you break it. You beast of a man. And, and I were to say, be nice. You'd go, I don't know what that means. Because nice is a great word, right? It's a powerful word. But it totally lost its meaning, right? Go up to two five-year-olds, like uh, fighting over a toy and go, boys, just be nice. They go, and they go back to punch each other in the face. Nice lost its, its meaning, right? And so a lot of these words, poor, mourn. Do you want to mourn? Because you're blessed if you do. Bless God, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and pray that I can mourn. <laughs> these don't sound like a list of awesome words. Poor, mourn, gentle, hunger. Anybody wake up today and go, I just want to hunger and thirst today. It ain't, it ain't normal. Uh, peacemakers, maybe. But then let's look at the other thing, the object. So we have blessed are you that mourn. 
hunger, thirst, whatever, for yours will be, and this is the, the part that you get, right? If you are this, you'll get this. Here's another set of words. Kingdom of heaven. If you are poor, you'll get the kingdom of heaven. So if you're poor here, you'll get a kingdom later. By the way, we're all part of the kingdom, right? As If we walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, we're part of God's kingdom and his rule and his kingdom lead, rule over our lives. Kingdom of heaven, comforted, will inherit the earth, will be satisfied, will receive mercy, will see God, and will be called the sons of God. Those are pretty cool. Those are better. But again, they're a little bit ethereal, right? Because we want it to say, we want it to be like, blessed are you when you're poor today, because tomorrow you'll have a sack of gold. Isn't that what we want it to say, right? Again, we're like only thinking with our, with our, our finite mind here. Uh, blessed are those who mourn. Because when you mourn, then somebody's going to throw you a big giant party the next day. That's what we want to hear, man. We want the instant take. We want the instant gratification. That's just not the way. In another way, another kingdom, or the code for the new kingdom. Let's look at verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Basically, poor means here those that are hunched over, those that are destitute, those that have nothing. Those are that that really have no opportunity now. And I'm not talking about those saved, not saved. I'm talking about those that are in need now. Later on, they'll be okay because they'll have the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Those that mourn, right? And I want to really unpack this because it's kind of cool. Mourn, the Greek word is pentheo, right? It means to mourn or lament. You will be comforted. Here's the cool thing. Um, the Greek word for comforted is parakaleo. If you know anything about Greek, Brother Carl, I'm sure you know Greek. And, and so... Correct me later, not now, please, because uh, I will make mistakes right now. Parakaleo is really close to the word where we get Holy Spirit, paraclete, okay? It's really similar words. So it's not really a stretch at all to say those are, blessed are you that mourn, for you will be comforted by the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever heard the Holy Spirit called the comforter, right? So here's the deal. When you mourn, and we will all mourn, we've all been to funerals, right? We've all seen tragedy. We've all had heartbreaks, relation. Have you guys, you don't have to raise your hand again, but have you ever been in those relationship, like rocky roads? Those hurt, man. Like the, the time when you and your wife, you're just not seeing eye to eye at all. Those hurt. Blessed are you who mourn for those kind of things or for anything because you will receive not the parakaleos, which is a form of paraclete, which is the Holy Spirit. So we could say this. Blessed are you who mourn for you will receive the Holy Spirit. So when you mourn, you get God. I think that's pretty cool. I, again, I'm not going to probably wake up tomorrow morning and go, God, give me sorrow, give me mourning, make me poor, make me... But those things get us closer to God. Verse 5, blessed are the gentle, for they inherit the earth without going into a whole theology of, of, of earth and the Holy Land and all. I will just say this. We become heirs of God. When we are gentle or when we are meek, we become heirs of God. We are heirs to the throne of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it's one thing to have a rich uncle, right? Anybody want a rich uncle? I want a rich uncle. I want five rich uncles, okay? And I want them, I want them to all think that I'm their favorite nephew. Hey, nephew, I just died. I had a bajillion, gillion, billion dollars, and you get it all. <laughs> we all are going to party, right? We got something better than that. We are heirs to the kingdom of God. I just made that number up, by the way. Billion, billion, it's really not a real word, okay? Some of you guys are looking at me like, I knew that already, man. Why are you messing around? <laughs> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Man, it's a good thing to be without sometimes. In fact, if you're, if you're needing something in your life, time, finance, 
friendship, whatever. I want to challenge you to sow those things because we know that what we reap, we sow. And so if you're a little, little short from Christmas spending, go ahead and sow some money. You know, when the offering comes around, give a little extra. When, uh, when you see a friend in need, go ahead, go ahead and bless them, buy their lunch or whatever. You may not have it, but when you sow that, you are planting seeds of that same thing that you need. When you don't have enough time and you're just busy and you're working 80 hours a week and you have no time to do anything, go volunteer for the church. Come early and set up chairs or make coffee. You know why? Because you're sowing seeds and you need those same things. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart. We already talked about that. And then here's the peacemakers. You guys, we have an opportunity like never before to be peacemakers. I can't even turn on the news. Does anybody else, my, my blood pressure, I could just see it kind of just go when I watch the news. kills me. Why? I, the beginning of the year, I did a little Daniel fast, right? No big deal. You just, you know, you guys have done Daniel fast. I said, when I'm going to do this Daniel fast, I'm just going to lean in and I'm going to just, I'm going to turn off all the media too, right? Because media was kind of one of these things that like, it was like a guilty pleasure, right? Toward the, toward, you know, like the end of last year, I'm just like looking around like, everybody's in bed. No one, oh, there's family. There's, I hear people talking back here. <laughs> I'm so ADD. And I look around late at night and I go, no one's here. Everybody's in bed. The news. <laughs> it was like this is my guilty secret. And I would turn on the news, I'd watch it for five or ten minutes, and I go, I can't do this, it's wrong. And I turn it off, right? I don't know if you guys are like that, but like so I gave it up, man. I went like two, three weeks without any kind of like any stuff in my life. <gasps> I got better. All I did was listen to praise music and worship music. I drove better. I didn't even try to drive better. I just drove better. I was nicer to people. My my kids actually liked me more. It was crazy. My wife, like, you know, like we had a great marriage. I need to be like this more often. And that's what we can. I'm not saying we have to give up everything, but when we give up enough, we can become the people that God called us to be because the peacemakers will be called the sons of God. That is your calling. When God calls you, pick up the phone and go, hey, God, I'm here. He wants you to be a peacemaker in your world. And we have an opportunity like never before. Who cares about who won the election? Who cares about who's marching in Washington this week? Who cares that if you like guns or you don't like guns, what your definition of pro-life is or whatever? You know what? Just be people that walk in the Spirit, and you'll be peacemakers. When you walk in the Spirit, you won't walk in the flesh. I'm going to close with this illustration. Because we're of a different kingdom than anybody else around. I heard a story of a king, and he owned everything. And... He uh, called the main builder of his time, and he said, Hey, man, I want you to build a palace. I want you to build me a palace. I'll pay for everything, but I want you to spare no expense. I want you to build out of the finest materials, the finest uh, workers. I want you to hire them all. Do not spare any money. I want you to build it all. Oh, by the way, this builder was also married to the king's daughter. I mean, uh, engaged to the king's daughter. So the king called the builder in. Are you building my, uh, my castle the best it can? Yes, king, we're using the best stone imported from this country. We're overlaying it with gold. Uh, the fixtures are the finest. Everything is top notch. Well, it really wasn't because this guy was cutting corners. And he said, the king's going to pay top dollar. I'm going to give him medium to inferior building materials, right? Because I'm making a ton of money off this guy. He's, he's not worried about finance. And so the builder goes on to build a really good-looking castle, but really shoddy on the inside. I mean, it, it, it wasn't one of these castles that's going to last through thousands of years. I mean, he hopes it just lasts until the king, you know, goes to see Jesus in a couple years. So on the wedding day, 
the king says, you know, I'm so proud of you, son-in-law. You, you've made the best castle in the land, have you not? Oh, king, it's the best castle to last forever. We spared no expense. King goes, well, you know what? I'm giving that to you as a wedding present. Enjoy. <laughs> we don't see everything that God sees, but he calls us to live the way that he knows we should live for maximum impact. Be peacemakers. Live your life to the kingdom code that God has because when you live to a less standard, all you're doing is ripping yourself off. Father God, thank you for this awesome group today. Thanks for the amazing weather. Thank you for all you're doing in our lives. Thank you, God, that we have amazing musicians and we get, that in, we get to take the cup of Christ. We get to share in the cup of Christ with thousands of believers all over the world. Make us one, Jesus, and let us know that we need to live according to the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit and not according to the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen.